Welcome to 1869, the Cornell University Press podcast. This week marks the official launch of Three Hills, the new regional trade imprint from Cornell University Press. Three Hills publishes New York's story from Brooklyn to Buffalo and beyond. And you can find out more about Three Hills if you visit threehillsbooks.com. To chat about the new imprint and other University Press bits and bobs, we're joined today by Michael McGandy, who is the editorial director for Three Hills. Well, welcome, Michael. Thanks for joining us. And thank you. So tell us a little bit about Three Hills. Like, why start that? What's it all about? Let us know. Um, well, we want to start Three Hills because we want to create some space in the literary marketplace for smart books from a university press that were about um, New York State, New York City, and the surrounding region. And I think it's important. It's an important move within the university press to carve out space that's not... Um, dominated by a notion of us being an academic press, but that we're doing books that are um, accessible, that are engaging, that are popular, and smart. Um, and I think there, there's a lot of misperception out there in the readership and also in terms of book buyers. If it's a university press book, they think it's one thing. And I think we do many sorts of things, and sometimes we need an imprint to create that. I like this idea of smart books. It's almost like a, um, an eye, you know, like a a digital thing going on. So mm-hmm. what, when you say smart books, what do you think? I mean, do you think in that kind of futuristic manner or are you thinking sort of from an, an intelligence level, some kind of weird combination of stuff? What do you, what's, what does that mean? It's a you? good question. It's a good word to use. And what does yeah. it mean? Um, when I'm at least most of the times when I use it, what I mean is that um, they're really well researched. They're informed. Um, they are fair. Um, they're searching um, but they're also really just well done. Um, I think university presses are known for being smart in that um, sort of rarefied sense. Um, and I think Three Hills books are going to be smart in an accessible way. They're not, but they're not, they're not fluffy. They're really they're solid, they're sound. Um, but they're going to the authors and the editors are going to make an effort to make those books available and understandable and page turners uh, for people. So I think that that's what I mean, at least today, about smart. <laughs> at least today. It'll change and change and change. Uh-huh. Um, so are there other publishers out there, not university press publishers or university presses, but other publishers that this kind of reminds you of or that you get triggers from for this kind of book? The models are more in the university press world. I mean, I think that... The trade, particularly when we think about trade publishing, big commercial trade houses, when we think about you know New York City, any New York City story particularly has always been their territory, right? Because New York City is a small town that everyone feels like they're a part of, um, and you can sell lots of books. Um, university presses have, of course, different presses, like Carolina and Georgia and Minnesota have made great success in, in writing and in, in publishing books about um, their home states and really digging deep into them. And, and I think that Three Hills is something of an amalgam of that. I think we're going to see more books that are um, bigger and tradier in a typical commercial sense because we because New York is part of our home territory. Um, but I think there's also going to be that sense of 
serving the needs of the community, um, serving local interests and regional interests, regions within the state that's going to match on to some of the things that are being done at, say, Minnesota or Georgia. Because um, the upstate, downstate divide is an important thing that I think that Three Hills is going to in part have to grapple with in terms of readership, but I think it also contribute to, contribute to some amelioration of those divisions, if I'm going to sound grand about things. <laughs> um, so who do you see as the reader? I think the reader is someone who is a member of a book club. I think the reader is someone who's a member of a historical society. I see the reader as someone who is... Um, Someone who goes in every week, if his or her community is, is fortunate enough to have a bookstore, goes into the bookstore and looks at what's at the front of the store just to know what's happening. And will go in there and say, that catches my eye, and we'll pick it up. And I think those people are looking for stories that relate to their own experience, relate to their own backyards. And even though if you're in New York City, you have no problem finding stories about your own backyards. But if you live in Utica, you live in Buffalo, you live in Jamestown, and you go to a bookstore, it's harder to find books that are about your own backyard. And I'd like us to be generating books that someone can go into a Barnes & Noble and it's in the front and they see it and say, I've always wanted to know about that. And they pick it up. Nice. So, yeah, university presses have been doing imprints like this one way or another for some time, mm -hmm. right? But in a way, I think, you know, from the sounds of it, you've got a very um, uh, clear vision. Is this, I mean, how do you see this tying into sort of the future of not just university press publishing, but maybe broader than that as well? No, I think, I think there are two things that come out of that. One, one is about the business that we're in, because even though we're a nonprofit, we are part of a larger business, um, or industry rather. And there are so many good books that are now unpublishable in major trade houses, because if they see 5,000 in sales, they sniff at it and they walk away. Those books are smart, as I defined it earlier. They're really well written. They're good sellers. These are books that will languish unless university presses step up and take this sort of middle market space. Um, so I think that we're, um, again, to sound grand, I think we're saving lots of great books from being consigned to people's desktops because they couldn't be published by a Knopf or could be published by Simon & Schuster. The other trend, I think, is within university presses, um, is in getting closer to community, um, getting closer to both your university community, but also getting closer to your uh, the regional or state community. And one of the leading ideas for this imprint that is not about market per se, but is about um, mission, is matching Three Hills onto the land-grant mission of Cornell University. Um, and that was always meant to be Cornell generating knowledge in a part and bringing it out into the world, but the knowledge of the world, particularly the state, coming back into Cornell. And I see that reciprocity um, within Three Hills because we're going to be relying upon, or looking for authors, rather, who are um, not your average university press author, and they're going to be bringing their knowledge into us. And I do think, going back to upstate, downstate things, I do think that books can be focal, and I think books can um, be points where communities can either be reformed or be created. And, and there are lots of divisions and there are lots of, um, um, for lack of a better term, there, there's a lot, a lot of communities in distress in upper upstate New York and books aren't the solution, but I think books can be part of people rediscovering why they want to stay where they are and why they can rebuild community. So I think those are two missions. One, one one's a market mission and the other one is a community-based mission. Hmm. The idea of, um, 
unpublishable books. I think. I mean, I think that's something that university presses have been concerned with for a while, yeah. and and maybe. <laughs> Obviously, some of what some of what we publish <laughs> probably falls under that that sure. uh, uh, link. But accidentally, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, just the other day, I was reading an article uh, about mass market paperbacks and the supposed death thereof, and yet they're continuing. And and part of the article was on about this whole idea that what you were just saying: the big publishers only want the A list, top of the you know charts uh, kind of author, and it's the mid list authors who have always been that mass market original mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. uh, authors. And as I was reading that, I was like, yeah, I could see some of these some of these kind of people mm-hmm. fitting into Three mm-hmm. Hills if they obviously have the right subject and whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, and I think Three Hills says to people like that that we're accessible, mm-hmm. where the door's open, whereas without an imprint, I think that someone would have to knock and call a little harder or take a risk. Right. And I think Three Hills minimizes the risk of saying, Oh no! I see they're open to that, and it's not going to be wasting my time to either call myself or have my agent call. Yeah. And maybe we can offer them a slightly better "quote unquote" product mm-hmm. than you know if they're if they're shoved into the the you know the back end of, of a big publisher's list and given a mass market original approach. Mm-hmm. You know where they come to us and we give them the full treatment and mm-hmm. they get you know the the, the hardcover up front and mm-hmm. the kind of more traditional publishing model. So mm-hmm. I think that's right. So is there a, taking three holes to one side and kind of looking bigger picture, university press publishing, um, what excites you about the future, Near to, short term and long term? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that that niche aspect, um, the niche of things that are falling out of um, the trade and that are opportunities um, excites me, um, but that, as you said, that that's not a new story, I think that's an enduring story. Um, I think that... Well, we don't. We're not. We're not big enough or capitalized enough to go really big with technologies. I think we can do more interesting things. And and again, sort of niche in technology because we we're tied into particular communities in the academic world. We're tied into very discrete communities that we know really well. And I think within say this trade profile of Three Hills within a region, we know deep down the key people and the key communities. And we can do things with social media, we can do things with web technologies that really target and bring our books to them directly. And I think we can also, um, back to the theme of community, I think we can set up platforms where our books become centers of conversation and that we can we can be the brokers of community conversations that are organized around books um, in part through technology and in part through a knowledge of community. And big houses can't do that. I think it's also, it's medium-sized presses like us, right? I mean, big big trade houses can't and don't want to do it. Even the biggest university presses don't want to do it. The smallest university presses can't afford to do it. We're right in this spot where we've got the the financial leverage, but still we're small enough to know in specificity. So I think I think that's another exciting thing that's happening. That's both about books, but it's about other things too. All right, seems like a pretty positive uh, view of us. And uh, you know, you mentioned being a center of conversation. I appreciate you having this conversation. Right, thank with you us. very much. That was Michael McGandy, Editorial Director of Three Hills. When you've got a spare moment, visit threehillsbooks.com to see the forthcoming books from our new imprint and plenty of other information. You've been listening to 1869, the Cornell University Press Podcast.